Good morning, everyone. It is another Thursday here at the Clarion Chats podcast room. It is June 15th, 11.05 a.m. And today I'm here with a different host because, you know, Keon was here the first time. He left. Jess was here the second time. She has a meeting in about half an hour. So got a new guy sitting on my on my right side. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, so I am Ismael. I'm the associate editor uh, of, well, one of the associate editors at The Clarion. And I am very happy to be here with you, Jay. How have you been? Yeah, I've been doing just fine. You know, uh, I think it's interesting because, like I said, we're, we're constantly now swapping the, mm -hmm. the right seat on the podcast. But, of course, I don't mind because it's interesting to bring different people from The Clarion into the podcast. But it's also interesting because this was supposed to be the plan after JoJo came back anyways. Right. Yeah, so we just got a head start on this one. Yeah, it sounds like the, a lot of fun. The idea was that I would eventually leave the chair to make you know to, to make space for other people to come okay so right now he's the one that left but when he's back i might be taking a break from from here and i'll let other people talk as well maybe people get tired of my voice no no i don't think mm -hmm. people will get tired of your voice you've done an absolutely fantastic job with the podcast and so i mean from the perspective of people sitting on the right side Mm -hmm. of this studio i can say that uh if you do take a break we will miss you <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep writing uh, because i usually am the one that gets the news for the podcast but talking might not be that frequent but we'll leave that for when jojo comes back right, right now it's summer and i'm here all the time awesome. awesome so yeah you said you're an associate editor right how long have you been working for the clarion oh man uh it's been about a little over a year. Okay. Yeah. So I started out as a, um, you know, like a staff writer slash reporter mm -hmm. and uh, just recently became an editor. So it's been an incredible journey. A lot of fun. Um, met a, I've met tons of interesting people yeah. and uh, just it's been an absolute uh, privilege. Well, and not to mention, um, you're a great writer. You, we, um, Ismail and I actually met in English Composition 2. We had that class together. And I remember, I think the first Clarion meeting that we had was online. And I saw his face in the corner. I'm like, that webcam seems very familiar. <laughs> you know, that visage. I saw that somewhere. I just don't know where. And it is from, from like, what, a year and a half ago or something? 2021, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was more yeah. than that. Well, you, you are way too kind. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the compliment. I just do the best I can and just try to help my His assets were great. His assets were great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, of course, I think it's very fitting that you are here uh, in the Clarion because, like I said, you, you, have, uh, you have a very good skill for writing. Thank you. And, um, and both essays and poetry alike because I think you had featured poetry in the Clarion magazine before. Yes. Or, yeah. Because we have a we have a page in the magazine for for poems, I might write one for the next uh, for the next one. I don't oh, know. Oh, I would uh, love that. That yeah. would be awesome. I'll think about it. <laughs> uh, you were actually at the 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 poetry at Hayden that happened in Troy. Yes, last week. Yes, right? I was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have an article that's going to be coming out about the the event on the website. Mm -hmm. So that's about Professor Hayden because she um, she was there as well. Mm -hmm. And and she has been a featured character in the Clarion already. I think she. I think I looked up her name 
in mm -hmm. our archives and she's like four articles already so yeah she's very popular with us she certainly is she's such a great um professor and a great representative of poetry in ohio mm -hmm. and um she's very very um kind and very easy to interview and we always appreciate the opportunity to mm -hmm. um you know sit down and catch up with her and you know she's she's been a great great uh source so that's probably why you've come across her so often um yeah but that night was actually the first time i'd met uh professor hayden in person because mm. i'd interviewed her over zoom before mm -hmm. um and it was absolutely awesome. I mean, she she got up there and she read some very very beautiful poems. Um, she was one of ten uh, poets featured at the Hainer. Oh, it's a lot. Um, and you know, she got up there and she she did her thing. She was absolutely uh, stunning. I mean, I thought I thought uh, um, I thought she she did a phenomenal job. It was great because I'd spoken to her about her work before, mm -hmm. but I hadn't heard her get up and like recite a poem until that night and so it was uh it's a whole new light right yeah 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 i mean i of course i knew she was incredible but mm -hmm. it's one thing to to it's a whole nother thing to actually be there witness it and absorb it yeah yeah it's it's very different from just reading the poem right it brings a whole new tone yes to an extent it, i mean it kind of it, it depends on the poem itself but like one thing she mentioned in my last interview with her was uh, how she was doing a series of poems about travel mm -hmm. and those were actually some of the poems she recited at the event so it was great oh. to kind of um see that progression from an idea to um art itself i thought mm -hmm. it was really awesome yeah i mean i'm a sucker for poetry <laughs> I, I love writing poems. Same when, here. Whenever I have free time, I'm writing um, poetry. I haven't had that lately, though. I wanted to go to this event in Troy. <laughs> and I kid you not, I I couldn't go because I was doing homework. Uh, I had some like chapters that were already like uh, past chapters that I had to catch up in my class. Kid you not, I think I stayed doing homework and studying for like seven hours. Oh my straight, god! From five to midnight. Oh my god! So yeah, I just could not go that Saturday. I hope you you, you at least took like a break to eat or something. Uh, I I don't remember if I did. <laughs> I don't remember if I did or not. I think I did. I hope so. You're 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 a hard worker. Yeah. I mean, uh, we say that all the time. You know that uh, you're like one of the most supportive people uh, that we've had at the Clarion. So uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I'm sure your professors feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, I'm around. I am around. <laughs> uh, but here, uh, so this happened in Troy. So it's a little further away from Sinclair. Mm -hmm. But we're going to be having a celebration tomorrow here at Sinclair, which is the Juneteenth celebration, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually going to be there covering it. And, um, you know, Juneteenth is um, an event that's very new for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, it's only been a recognized federal holiday since... It was signed into legislation uh, in 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, in other states where it wasn't previously celebrated, a lot of people are just now learning about it. So these kinds of events are great because it spreads the message of Juneteenth mm -hmm. and educates people um, and essentially celebrates the, um, the end of slavery uh, in the United States, which, which happened uh, way back in the 1800s. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's... Isn't this the day that the last person heard that the Civil War was over or something like that? So, if I'm not mistaken, um, actually, it's it essentially recognizes the day that a um, Union general arrived oh. in, a, in a city in Texas to okay. announce the... Um, to announce to the enslaved people that they were free. Oh, okay. And so it's it's a celebration that started there um, and for many years was commemorated there and then mm. just sort of gradually, organically spread. Yeah, I think this is the first year that it's uh, been like an official celebration here and Sinclair is actually closing the campus. Uh, mm -hmm. It's in the calendar and everything, but all the professors were lost when talking about it because it's the first year. I think mm -hmm. I have... All my classes are on Monday, mm -hmm. um, right? And they are, are like, I don't know. Are we going to have class next Monday? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we are. I, I, I don't know. So, but yeah. But the event is not happening on Juneteenth, right? It's not mm -hmm. going to be happening on Monday. It's going to be happening on this Friday, which is tomorrow, mm -hmm. right? And June 16th. It's going to be called Free Freedom Rings and Change Signs. Sings. Yep. Change things. Yep, and then it'll start at 11.30, and it will end at 1 p.m. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, it's going to happen at the Sinclair Conference Center in Building 12. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a lot of people coming, right? It's going to be right. having um, more poems, mm -hmm. right? So we're going to have children's poems by Amanda Gorman. She's a poet from California, so she's coming a long way. Right, right. Yeah. And we're also going to be having a Sinclair Theater graduate. Sean Diggs is going to be there. Awesome. And they're going to feature as well. They're going to bring some of the, what they call, I did not know they call them that, but the Sinclair Mini University Daycare Center, that's the like the group of little children that stay in the daycare. Mm -hmm. I did not know that they call it Mini University. That is very adorable. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's very cute. And, of course, the event's free. Mm -hmm. uh, but, of course, by this time, it might be a little too late to sign up. We're just reporting that it's going to be happening. We're going to be having you go into the event, so you're mm -hmm. going to be reporting on it. So people can expect uh, more on it later. And also a good reminder, I hope you're checking your calendar here for the events that are happening at Sinclair because everything there is on that calendar. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, and one thing that I find very, uh, very cool about this event is that um, we're not just having people connected to Sinclair um, mm -hmm. that are going to be there. We have people from outside the state of Ohio yeah. um, that are going to be there to to um, share their work with us. So I think it's it's um, really, really cool. It's going to be a very fun event, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's always amazing how the how Sinclair as a college has so many connections, mm -hmm. you know, that go beyond just downtown Dayton. Right. Of course, we have the, the other campuses, but we also... I went to the Dayton Art Institute, mm -hmm. right, yesterday to take pictures for the article that uh, came up today on the website. Mm -hmm. And I got there and I said, oh, I'm a student. I've been there before. Mm -hmm. But I know that students get in for free. Mm -hmm. So I gave my uh, Sinclair Tartan ID card so I could show that I'm a student. And both the first and second time they mentioned how good Sinclair was for the Institute. Like, yeah, Sinclair is just a, a huge partner and <laughs> and all of that. I'm like, wow, I was not expecting that. Right. And this is also a great t 
time to remind everyone out there that if you are a student of Sinclair Community College, you can visit the Dayton Art Institute and not pay a dime. Mm-hmm. You get to see world-class art from all over the place yeah. uh, for free. Yes. Right now they're having that Japanese woodblock exhibition, which it looks very nice. It looks very nice. I saw your photos, yeah. and yeah, they are... Uh, Exquisite. The photos and the woodblock prints. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I, I went there, um, but I was I only had like one hour to take the pictures because I had I had class, mm-hmm. and it's very sad because you go into a museum, you don't want to stay like for thirty minutes. Of course, right? <laughs> so I had to go take the pictures, and then I have to leave, and I'm like, I need to go back. Y- you know what's incredible is that I've had that happen to me so often, and just thought to myself, you know what, whatever it is I have mm-hmm. coming up later today, it can wait. Yeah. Um, and uh, and <laughs> it's just the effect art has on me, mm-hmm. I guess. No, it's totally, totally uh, valid. But of course, you had, you probably had class. No, yeah, I had class. Yeah. Well, like I said, Jay is everywhere, all yeah. over the place. Yeah, my <laughs> professor in that class, he allows two um, absence without excuses Right. Okay. So I don't want to waste it just now. Right. Right. No. Right. That's, that's, so I, I want to leave it for you know for later. For later. <laughs> At the end of the semester, it's tired. Like ah, I don't want to go. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah. So the event is happening uh, tomorrow, Juneteenth celebration. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have to give a big thanks to the Sinclair Diversity Office. Yeah, they do absolutely phenomenal yeah. work. Michael Carter. He's always he's always bringing stuff here. Like even in the summer, you can see that the calendar has like every every now and then there's like an event that the right, diversity right. office is, is hosting. And you know, people talk about the summer slowdown um, on campus, but you wouldn't know that with the diversity office. Mm-hmm. They are still at it. They are still working hard and putting together all these awesome events um, and just educating people. So yeah. I think I think uh, they are awesome. Yeah, and that's their way of spending the summer. But how's your way of spending the summer? Have you done anything? Because you are here. You are here in college taking classes. Right, right. right. But uh, what else are you planning on doing if... Um, I mean, just writing, you know, gaming, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all the usual stuff I do. Um, it's been a very interesting summer so far Mm -hmm. and I hope it stays the good kind of interesting for the remainder of it. Yeah, I Uh, hope so. How about you? Well, I'm studying, of course, and you still need to catch up. I have a performance that I need to, uh, I have a a show that I'm going to be singing on. It's going to be like week and a half from now, so and still practicing that. And what will you be singing? Uh, I'm going to be singing grunge. Grunge Uh-oh. music, right? So awesome. Nirvana, That's so Pearl awesome. Jams, Tom Tempo Pilots, yeah, that, all of that. I, I love it, so I'm very excited for that. Um, but one thing that has been happening, of course, summer strikes and heat comes along, mm-hmm. and a problem that showed up, and I don't know if people realize that because... It, I noticed at first, like, hum, something feels a little weird here. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about all that smoke mm-hmm. that showed up. Uh, and I didn't know where it was coming from. Honestly, mm-hmm. since I was only at Sinclair, I thought it could have been, like, not smoke, but rather dust from all the construction that's happening in the walkway. Right. So that's why I just, like, glanced over, like, okay, I'm just not going to walk around here. But I realized mm-hmm. later that I was driving back in the highway and there was still smoke. Mm-hmm. That was very why is it so hazy? Right. Right. And I think if people are not aware of what's going on, um all that smoke is coming from Canada. Yeah. So like you mentioned, um, you know, 
one issue that, uh, you know, not just um, North America, but, but countries all over the globe, mm-hmm. one thing that, you know, we've been grappling with is um, the issue of wildfires. Yes. And so it um, that's principally where the smoke is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the fire appears to be coming from, you know, Nova Scotia, Quebec, and the smoke is uh, blowing across the border into the northeast, the mm-hmm. mid-Atlantic, and the Midwest, according to um, the reports that we've read. Yeah. And it's really, really concerning. And, it, um, you know, as someone who has been to some of these parts of Canada myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I really, really pray for the people there. I hope that they, you know, stay safe and because we've seen the devastation. Yeah that wildfires can can cause. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, though, um, I hope it makes a lot of us think more about um, our climate. Yes. And uh, how the climate is changing, what we can do uh, individually to, um, to adapt to climate change mm-hmm. and to also lessen its impact on our forests. Because it's it's a serious serious issue. I mean, it's it's one of those issues where, I mean, people think about it for for a little bit. They see pictures of blazes in California, or in the redwoods in the Northwest, or uh, just like a few years ago, Australia. Yeah. But um, and then they just forget about it. But it's it's an issue that isn't going away. And uh, this one is definitely, um, at least. In the United States is entering the book as a very big one because of the aftermath that it gave. Did you see the pictures of New York covered in smoke? Yeah. You know, orange skies and all that it was it was scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so it's it's not the kind of thing that you, we can just wish away. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way to stop, you know, climate change is to get proactive and to um, to get proactive and to to do the kinds of things we need to do to ensure that um, our generation and the future and future generations aren't paying for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we already are in a, in a sense. Yes. But we're still in a place where we can do things to limit uh, the damage yeah. that is done. The, the, the main concern was the fact of the drought, right? It didn't rain for like the longest time. I think it was like three weeks without rain or something. Oh, wow. And it wasn't it wasn't the right time for us to stay without rain, mm-hmm. right? It rained this week. It got a little cooler. Like, I'm wearing a sweater. You're wearing a long sleeve shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back then, it didn't. So I'm just hoping that this rain that uh, arrived here at Ohio is making its way to Canada to help alleviate a little bit of this tension. Because, of course, it's bad for us here. Mm-hmm. It's probably way worse for someone who's way closer to the fire. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and, of course, that means... Uh, it goes without saying that the air is completely... Uh, bad it's very unhealthy mm-hmm. uh, so if you are listening to this in regions that sh- that you are uh with a lower air quality mm-hmm. please please take care like there there really is no um medicine for that or anything uh the only thing that you can do is stay indoors uh if you go out masks to work for that they don't work perfectly because the smoke is different but they might uh they might work a little bit yeah, and to give people an idea of the scale, um, so they're saying that uh, three, o- over three million acres have already burned. Yeah, that's a lot. And that there's been over two thousand wildfires this year, uh, which is which is mind-boggling when you mm. think about it. So, 
um, you know, as Jay said, you know, if you need to mask up, don't, you know, go ahead and mask up and, yeah. and just do whatever you can to, you know, protect your lungs and, and protect yourself from bad air quality. Yeah. It's, um, it's already considered unhealthy in scale of air quality ratings when you have uh, 151 to 200 uh, parts per million, mm -hmm. right? These are the particles that are in the air. Mm -hmm. Well, look at that. Air quality in those regions are about 150 parts wow. per million. So one million more, and there you go. It's considered unhealthy for everyone because, don't get me wrong, this is for healthy people. I'm not talking about people that have... Uh, uh, issues of breathing, people that have um, people that have other types of infections. You know, it's just mm -hmm. not a very just don't go, don't don't inhale smoke. That's <laughs> that's the that's the gist of it. Just don't go breathe the smoke in, right? That's uh, very good advice. You know, some people would say that's that's common sense, but as as I've learned, common sense sometimes isn't so common. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's a very, very good reminder. And Don't go inhale smoke. Yeah, sometimes people can be like me too, because I was like walking around, I was like wondering what was going on, and I right, thought it was right. just a one-time thing. Right. So then I didn't prepare myself. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I always kept my mask in my car, mm -hmm. even you know after COVID dwindled down and everything. I was like, hmm, I might not ever need to wear a mask ever again. And then, you know, like, here I am wearing a mask <laughs> again. I'm like, well, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's a different thing. It's okay. It's okay. Right, right. But yeah, so just stay safe, everyone, especially if you're in the in the northeast of this country. And people, if you are listening to this from Canada, I hope you're also safe there. Yeah. And our next news on the list here is the, it's about uh, one of the articles that was on our website, right? SinclairClarion.com. Yeah, so uh, this was a really, really great article written yeah. by Chris, mm -hmm. and um, he's one of our reporters. And it's about Montana becoming the first state in the United States to ban uh, TikTok. Yeah. Um, you know, TikTok in recent years has actually become a very uh, hot-button issue, not just because of all mm -hmm. the the silly things that people do on yeah. it, <laughs> you know, all the crazy weird challenges. There are or, a lot of weird things happening there. Yeah, um, but also because of the fact that uh, the company um, that owns TikTok is from China. Mm -hmm. And so fears uh, have been raised in the past and very recently about uh, what's being done with, the, with user data. Mm -hmm. Um. And so Montana just went. They went ahead and, and you know officially banned it in a in Senate Bill four one nine. I don't I, I don't know how to feel about this because I feel like on the one hand, I mean if people are concerned about it, yeah, you should you should discuss it, investigate it, of course. But at the same time, I feel like there are so many other mm -hmm. very important issues that yeah we could be tackling instead of worrying about an app mm -hmm. there is um of course they're trying to to uh calm people's uh concerns there the they're creating a type of firewall seal tiktok's creating that it's called uh, operation texas mm -hmm. and that's essentially they're going to be making a data center to collect information from american users american tiktok users in america mm -hmm. right? because the main concern is where this data is going to end up Right, right, yeah. and I mean, that's a very that's a very good response to the kind of panic that mm -hmm. uh, we are seeing over TikTok. 
Um, I think it's a better response than just, you know, going and just banning it. I mean, mm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to how I feel about that because I do know a lot of people that that use TikTok mm-hmm. just for stuff like I don't know, dance challenges and yeah. stuff and and you know, silly stuff like that. And it just seems like they're just trying to have fun and there's uh, a company mm. um that may or may not be uh, according to the panic, right? The, mm. the fear is that they could be using user data for nefarious things. At the same time, though, um, there are many issues over how user data is being used by companies within the states itself, yes. right? We yes. also have issues with um, artificial intelligence. Mm. Um, so, like I said, there's a lot of other things that they could mm. be we could be focusing on instead of just TikTok. Yeah, I think the main concern is getting the data that is being used outside. Because, you know, if it's being used in-house, mm-hmm. that's all fair game, right? Once someone else gets their, gets their hand on it, then people become concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I honestly, I don't use TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my fair share of complaints that I like to make about the app. Right. And none of them are related to data stuff. I just, just sometimes I just feel like I'm an old grumpy man. Because <laughs> the only thing that, I, the, the main thing that I have against is the fact that they, they made it normal for people to record on vertical. Oh. That That's the thing, right? Because <laughs> everyone used to say, don't record on vertical because we watch with our phones horizontally. Then right. There you go. Now it's vertical. Well, I, I don't like it. So <laughs> that's that's like my main issue. I mean, I think I think the 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 real issue is the issue of user data. Yeah. I think that's 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 I mean that's what a lot of these you know what a lot of articles about the subject they're kind of dancing around is that it, forget about TikTok we should be making laws about user data mm-hmm. and how our data how our information is used we should have a say in that you know what I mean mm-hmm. just like for example you know our our DNA mm-hmm. fingerprints Right. You can't just go and take someone's fingerprint. You can't just go and take someone's DNA and use it for something. So at the same time, um, our our data should be similarly um, protected mm. um, by law. And then we wouldn't have to worry about making laws about this app or that app if we had just one overarching law mm. about user data itself. And of course, it has to be something that's like internationally accepted as well. Right. Because apps can just come from. Of course, of course. Yeah. But I mean, that's where enforcement comes in. Mm-hmm. So simi- just as they've made a law that is going to uh, be enforced within the state of Montana targeting a company mm-hmm. from China that's made an app that's used in the U.S., you could similarly make a law about user data. And mm-hmm. then essentially, if companies from other countries make apps or even from other states make apps that are used um, in how in the states that break the law then you just enforce it but mm. i just i just feel like uh they're kind of missing the mark that the the issue is user data mm. not tiktok user data needs to be protected right yeah um and people's rights to their data needs to be protected in my opinion mm. no and i and i think your opinion is a, very, is a very good opinion there are multiple situations of people that complain about how the algorithm works exactly right? and not only on tiktok but everywhere else yeah, I mean, you hear about, uh, you know, I had a conversation with a friend at work who said, 
you know, he said something around his phone. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he started getting ads about mm. that thing. So, I mean, it's a very, very important issue. Mm-hmm. Data is a very, very, very important issue. Yeah. Um, and it feels like these laws are just, or, you know, this whole hubbub over TikTok is skirting around that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like it's a, it, that, that's a big mistake. It's, it feels more like it's because it's a foreign country. Exactly. Rather than it's an actual concern about privacy. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's a very valid opinion. Uh, I do think it's it's like important. Facebook had a, a big big uh, controversy a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Zuckerberg even had to go to court or something to to address what all all that was about. Uh, I'm not very sure what what they went through exactly. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of information being sold for advertising companies and all that. And one of the biggest issues is that I think there's this little thing called terms of use and service, Mm -hmm. right? That Mm -hmm. people don't really read. Exactly. But then again, it's made like very, very hard to read. (laughs) You know? Most people literally just scroll through it. Yeah. Because they, they do ha- they have the option that you have to scroll through it so you can press, yes, I read it. Mm-hmm. Or you can check that box. Because I bet if you didn't have to scroll down to check it, people wouldn't even scroll it. Because it's just such a, you know, it's like, it's a small handbook that you have to read before signing <laughs> these things. It's, it's a lot. Exactly. I do try to read those things. I, I skim through whenever I'm signing up into a new account. Mm-hmm. Seeing um, what like try to find buy articles because a lot of these things are like oh you cannot pirate our service or you cannot share your account with someone else stuff like that so i try to go by topics and see when the user data and privacy get there and then read and like okay but they don't differ a lot from mm-hmm. each other right so it's usually what i try to do is i keep aware of what i put in those things Mm-hmm. And and I always I don't allow access to camera. I don't allow access to microphone. I don't allow access to uh, localization. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I keep all these things turned off in most of my apps, mm-hmm. simply because I you know I don't think uh, Twitter needs my microphone or something. Right. I'm not going to be posting any pictures of myself on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And if I am, I'm going to be taking these pictures with my phone camera. Mm-hmm. And even then, I only allow certain photos to be selected from the few. Right. I, I like to keep it controlled like that, you can say. Right. I mean, one thing about phones specifically is we're literally like walking around with very sophisticated devices in our pockets, right? Mm-hmm. They're kind of like small miniature computers. You could do so much work from your phone alone. Mm-hmm. Um, work that previously we used to do on desktops and laptops and stuff. So um, I, people don't realize that, a lot of people don't realize that data is big business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's an absolutely massive industry. So I think that, yeah, like I, you know, like I said earlier, I, th- I believe the real issue we need to be tackling is um, you know, protecting people's data, protecting mm-hmm. people's uh, digital rights. Um, and, you know, we've got all these other issues that we also need to tackle, like yeah. AI and stuff. So, Yeah, this this is a complicated matter. But I think at least what we can um, use the situation 
we can use it as a as a launch you know like oh mm-hmm. now that we're tackling tiktok hey what about everything else that's what i hope it yeah. ends up being um i hope it gets lawmakers to start thinking about the issue of uh big data um but i i am kind of worried because the rhetoric um it feels like it's one of those things where there's a panic mm-hmm. and then people just forget about it you know mm-hmm. and it would be a real travesty if we here we are focusing on a big data issue and we just let it you know let the opportunity go without really really looking into uh what is important here so mm-hmm. i mean it would be absolutely ridiculous if we got to a point where they had to make laws by app you know yeah, like yeah, okay. like oh there's this app from ecuador or whatever mm-hmm. and okay yeah we need to we need to make a law about that no mm-hmm. just make a law about user user data in general and just protect people mm-hmm. protect people protect their digital rights um, i think that's um the most important part of all this and hopefully hopefully it gets lawmakers thinking about that yeah um i think it's since it's such a uh, uh a recent invention it's been around for like what 10 a little 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 over 10 years the whole like social media stuff um it's very recent Mm-hmm. So that's why it's probably not a lot of legislation on top of that. Uh, there are not a lot of restrictions. Also because it makes it makes a lot of money. <laughs> so there's, there's also there's that. that too. Uh, yeah. But and also it's it's for a lot of lawmakers. I think they they probably don't use some of these things too mm-hmm. often, or they're just not aware, or it hasn't been brought to their attention. Mm-hmm. So. Um, they probably are only just now like having to grapple with it. Yeah, I think I think it's people that just really didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because right. if you if you look at the demographics of like TikTok and social media users, um, while while Facebook tends to have a you know a bit of an older crowd, mm-hmm. um, TikTok is really the realm of the young and the young at heart. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking. I've seen kids as young as as seven using tiktok Mm -hmm. you know so um it's very recent for a lot of uh lawmakers who tend to be older anyway (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no they had the 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 whole uh they brought one of the i think it was the ceo tiktok yeah yeah to to the congress Mm -hmm. and it was just such a weird conversation that they had because it just felt like it was a huge disconnect between people and understanding what the internet is if that makes sense you know like they no, they, they, they made these questions like yeah. oh do you think it accesses internet and then the ceo was like yes it does access <laughs> the wi-fi because it's supposed to you know uh it, it access my home wi-fi yes because you are logged into your home wi-fi and it needs the internet to connect to the servers and all of that so and of course that doesn't paint a good picture either because then again you have people that are essentially showing that they're not very uh knowledgeable on the subject making these questions they just come across as ignorance rather than actually concerned exactly and not only asking the questions but then they're the ones who also make the laws mm-hmm. and that's where the real concern is um and that and, and that go, goes into a whole nother yeah rabbit hole of of you know do we have our people staying in congress too long mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah which is a separate separate conversation entirely but 
Um, you're 100% right. I mean, it, it was weird to see mm-hmm. that. Um, to see that. I mean, I still get surprised when I meet people who um, who are maybe in late 30s who don't mm-hmm. fully get how some of these things actually work. And I, and, and I mean, even at, at like a layman's level, not like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, an IT graduate level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... it's um, that's where my concern comes from, mm-hmm. and that's why sometimes I think maybe this is just. That's sometimes I worry. Maybe this is just like a panic, a TikTok panic, mm-hmm. and then once it once it subsides, then they're gonna forget about this and move on to the next uh, controversial issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess this is gonna be only a thing that time will tell, right? Right. I mean, Montana just passed the just passed the law. I think it was May seventeenth. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. been almost a month. So we're gonna go from there. But for now, we are out of time. So that was all of our time for today's episode. And I'd like to thank you, Ismael, for being here in the right chair this yeah. week. Yeah, thanks, Jay. I hope to have you sometime again soon. And thank you so much for listening. If you need to follow us, uh, that is at Sinclair Clarion on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can always read the latest news on our website, SinclairClarion.com. I'll see you two Thursdays from now. Have a good day.